Hey guys, I got some news for you. This Tuesday, March 14th, 3 p.m. Central, I'm going to be hosting an off-the-record private Q&A exclusively for Blaze TV subscribers. This is your chance to chat with me about anything and everything that's on your mind, and I do mean anything and everything. We won't have any big tech sensors looking over our shoulders, so no topic is off limits. If you're not a Blaze TV subscriber, head on over to blazetv.com slash off the record and sign up today so you can join the conversation. Use promo code off the record. The other Blaze TV hosts and I are going to be doing these live chats on a regular basis so if you want to have a direct line to me chad prather and the rest of the crew be sure to sign up now again the live chat will take place on tuesday march 14th 3 p.m central head over to blazetv.com off the record to subscribe today so you can join us there we'll see you then Hey guys, it's Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Um, just want to remind everybody that if you are feeling a little crampy today, there's Chad's Pads. Chadpads.com. Uh, I had to give you an extra dose of masculinity today. Throw the hat back on because I know I scared some of you guys uh, on that episode yesterday. It's amazing to me how many people saw the little reel or the clip that uh, Brandon and, and you guys, y- y'all edited together and... I really wish there was a way to push people to see that entire clip. I know it was scary for some of you, but the jokes that we put in that, I, I did, I, I wrote some good jokes for that. I was pretty proud of it. And uh, the reactions to the Chad Pads clip were funny to me. There were people who said, uh, you used to be funny, now you're disgusting. Lady, I've always been disgusting. You're a horrible human being. Um, not a shocker. Uh, I'm unfollowing you now because this is disgusting. Couldn't make it past the first 30 seconds. (laughs) There are people who said that uh, this is why conservative comedy sucks and there's no good uh, conservative comedians is because we just punch down at minorities. Well, the issue that I take with that is the fact that, um, we again, you've heard me say this, we give that subcategory of the less than 1%, the cringy and fringiest among us, so much power to uh, lord over us what the agenda and the narrative is. Uh, our buddy Seth Dillon at Babylon B, he's got the right solution, and the Babylon B does it well. He says the only way to beat them is to mock them. Uh, you, they need to see what they're doing, and they need to see their logic and their philosophy, and they need to see it. They, they, it needs to be put on display. If you do that through sketch comedy, if you do it through satire, it, it needs to be put on display so you can see how ridiculous it looks to the rest of us. Because trust me, I make an ugly woman, guys. I looked at myself from every angle. It was ugly. I blame Sarah's wig, quite honestly. Uh, Sarah came in with all these different colors of wigs and stuff. I could have been a blue hair. I could have been all that. But I, I went with that, and uh, I have a big head, and her little wig doesn't really want to fit my head. So I blamed the wig. If I had a decent wig, I could have been an attractive woman. Uh, so many people said, you make an ugly woman. That's, the, that's one of the points I want you to get. There's no such thing as a man looking like a woman that's pretty. It, it's just not. You still look like a man. Uh, there's nothing attractive about all that stuff. But uh, we had fun with that thing, and it continues to grow, and, and you guys are sharing it, so thank you. I think we need to do more sketch comedy, guys. Uh, oh, I very much agree. 100%. Maybe yeah. we'll change. I think we need to change the studio around. We were talking about that a little bit. We can do more stuff. I got tons of ideas. We just haven't implemented them, but I, you know, I haven't figured out how we want to implement them, but I think there's some stuff. 
uh, and it'll be fun. So appreciate everybody putting it all together yesterday for that. Uh, and God bless our makeup technician in there for making me look like that. And I will say, and people commented on that, I was an ugly woman, but that makeup was on point. 24 hours later, I still have goop in my eyelashes. I don't know how you women do this stuff, and I don't know why any guy... Listen, forget cutting your balls off. The fact that you want to put makeup on every day and, uh, and forget the idea that you want to have a period, which is insanity to me, but you know, just that you're going to put eyelashes on and, whew, it's freaky, man. It's weird. Uh, it, you, when I went in there and got the hot, wet towel yesterday and put that thing on my face, that, that bitch came right off on it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like looking in a mirror, man. Uh, so anyway, you know, I, I, I want to get into this thing. We promised we were going to talk about it a little bit yesterday. And we, we alluded to it, but this January 6th stuff is interesting. Uh, I like Tucker Carlson. I think he's a good person. I think he's got the right motivations. I'm just going on record with it. I think he's got the right motivations for doing what he's doing. They're trying to make it where you don't see what you're seeing. You don't. You shouldn't believe your eyes. Don't believe what you're hearing. Uh, the stuff that's coming out about this January 6th thing is highly disturbing. I mean, like a watershed event in the history of the United States. We. This may push us over the edge in terms of how we function with one another ever again. Uh, we may never recover from this. And it's not for the reasons you think. People think, oh, you insurrectionists went into the Capitol. You were a threat to democracy. You tried to overthrow the government. It's the worst thing since the Civil War. It's the most horrible violence since 9-11. You know, five cops were murdered on January 6th. Uh, that's untrue. And they want to push a narrative. And, and, and that's the narrative we thought was going to be the thing that puts us all in the trains to the internment camps and ultimately to the gas chamber if you are a ultra maggative maga conservative maggative <laughs> what's a maggative if you're ultra maggative you know right-wing trump conservative as uh, the biden administration wants to label us uh we thought that was going to be the issue i don't think that ultimately is the issue the issue is going to be they're going to keep gaslighting us and telling you that you're a fool and that you're deceived. So um, we hear that term tossed around a lot, gaslighting. And in fact, it was, one of, it was the most Googled term last year. People trying to find out, what does it mean? You're gaslighting me. We hear that all the time. If you're on Twitter, you hear it a lot. You're just gaslighting. Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation, and it is an abuse. Uh, with the intent to control an outcome. So you create a scenario, you push it as the truth, and then you make somebody kind of feel crazy if they're not believing what you're telling them. Now, the outcome that the gaslighter uh, may be trying to control could be another individual's behavior or their perception or their sense of reality. And the control aspect of it, it doesn't have to be malicious. But there is, at its core, a control element to gaslighting. They want to control you. So um, this actually, you get that. You go back to 1938, that term popped up. There was a, a, a British play called Gaslight and uh, about a husband that nearly drives his wife to insanity by doing some of the, these things. Um, and if you wonder, like, how do I know if I'm being gaslit, okay? At the core of gaslighting, 
is a state of questioning your reality. So you have some common signs that, that people may experience. So, for instance, your feelings are dismissed and met with a lack of sensitivity. You, 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 you wives out there, you ex-wives, y'all might can feel some of that because guys are bad about that, right? You want to share your feelings. I, I saw a great thing the other day as a side note. It has nothing to do with gaslighting. But uh, this guy was kind of giving relationship tips. And this girl was talking about, she's like, I'm ready to break up with my boyfriend right now because I asked him if he wanted ice cream. And <laughs> he said, we'll go get you whatever you want. And she, and he couldn't understand why she was so pissed off. The reason she was pissed off is because if a woman at two o'clock in the morning or whenever says, I really want ice cream, let's get ice cream. She's having a battle with the voice in her head because the voice in her head saying, you don't need ice cream. And she's wanting that ice cream. What she needs you to do, buddy, is to step up and take her side against the voice in her head and be like, yes, let's get ice cream. Let's stand in solidarity, walk to the freezer together and go get ice cream. That's the deal, right, Kayla? That's what she wants. She wants to know that you are on her team and against the voices in her head. So a lot of times we as guys, we dismiss your feelings. Well, like right now, I'm making fun of it, but it's true. And we just, it's just met with a lack of sensitivity. Sensitivity. You could be, you could be gaslighting when, when, like if you're constantly being told that your perception is wrong or you're lied to about things you have proof of and just, oh, that's crazy. That didn't happen like that. And you're just like, well, I'm sitting here looking at it. Here's the evidence. You're like, nah, that's, yeah, you, let me interpret that for you. Let me tell you what really happened. Um, if you don't have space to speak during conflicts, boy, that's that's one thing. CJ gets on to me all the time. CJ's an outspoken person, and I sometimes take that for granted. But guess what? I'm an outspoken person too. So if we get into a little like this, and she's like, you never let me finish what I want to say. I mean, I don't come out and say, well, what you were saying is stupid. <laughs> but that's what I want to say sometimes. But, but I have to be patient with that because sometimes I'm, I'm like a bottom line kind of person. I'm an annoying soul in that if I get in a conflict, I'm like, listen, here's the resolution. Let's bottom line it. Let's get down to it. Okay, done. Let's, let's resolve it quickly. And uh, a lot of times when you do that, people don't feel like they have the space to, to speak during a conflict. Well, that's a form of gaslighting. Or when you're trying to address an issue and the subject is changed or avoided, and you just start rabbit trailing. And so the issue never gets dealt with. So ultimately what happens, you begin to question your reality. Now, this is what's going on right now when you see people like Chuck Schumer, senator from New York, who's going to stand there uh, and tell you not to believe what it is that we're seeing. Now, they're showing us this video. Tucker Carlson got all the video. Kevin McCarthy released 41,000 hours of video from January 6th. We're seeing things that we had never seen before. Now we're seeing it. Now they're saying that it's edited. Well, you can edit things out, but you can't edit things in. All right? Like, like if I say this is Officer Brian Sicknick, and he's, he's, you know, he supposedly just got murdered 10 minutes ago, but now he's inside the Capitol and he's waving people through and still doing his duties— Obviously, the guy's still alive. They didn't, they didn't throw a green screen up there and, and superimpose Brian Sicknick's image in there or have an actor. Come. They didn't do that. There he is. You see him. 
when you see the QAnon shaman who's walking through and he's being escorted through the Capitol, and there's no less than nine police officers who are actually kind of acting as tour guides for the guy and you go up there and you hear him give this prayer over the police officers now is he completely innocent no he did threaten mike pence that is a crime um and for that there should be a penalty but we got a problem because that's not they they charged him with a whole bunch of different stuff and now you see these things i mean this guy's walking through he's not armed he's not causing violence these these cops right there in the video they don't feel threatened by him but People like Chuck Schumer and other members of the media and the Twitter sphere want to tell you not to believe what you're seeing. So so don't believe all that. It was really violent. It was really, really violent. And there were aspects of it that were. We've seen those images. Trust me. We've seen those images. And now what we're learning is that they actually did. You want to know who edited the footage was the January 6th committee. There was actually producers who were involved in in editing that stuff before it was released so they added in audio tracks so there were screams there was crying there was you know sirens there were all these stuff that was not there in the original audio we actually see now they added that stuff in the audio stuff but nobody, Tucker Carlson's not having his editors go in there and, and pull things out and clip it so that you see it in a manipulative way. He's showing it. Things you've never seen before. But guys like Chuck Schumer want to tell you, no, 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 don't believe what you say. You got that clip? Play it. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. And he's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News should tell him not to. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. You know it's a lie. Okay, it's lies. You know it's a lie. Where's the lie, Chuck? Break down the video. Tell us where the lie is. When you see the videos that Tucker Carlson put out there, tell us which one of those is a lie. Tell us what's edited. Tell us what's been superimposed. Tell us what's been added. We want to know, Chuck. Do not gaslight us. Do not tell us that our eyes are deceiving us. They're not. We're seeing it right there. And you want to tell us they're lies. Point out the lies. All right, guys, you remember on a recent episode, I was singing the praises of an all-natural supplement called Liver Health Formula. Ooh, I love that stuff. And uh, how it works great to rejuvenate your liver. I take it every day. And it reignites your metabolism. It burns fat. It boosts energy. It fights a fatty liver that affects 100 million Americans. Well, the good folks over there that put together a short presentation that shares four warning signs of a damaged fatty liver. The warning sign... It, uh, number two is downright scary and you can watch this free presentation and learn more about your liver health right now if you head over to checkyourliver.com slash chat again that's checkyourliver.com slash chat it's intriguing and you need to check it out checkyourliver.com slash chat we'll be right back
Now, in case you think we're, you know, just taking a little piece out of context and saying, oh, no, that's um, one little comment from Chuck Schumer and accusing him of the lies. Uh, uh, Mitch McConnell came out and basically said the same thing. Um, it, of course, we expect nothing less from the Uniparty folks. They're going to stay in alignment and protect themselves. They're going to gaslight the hell out of you to make sure that you never uncover the truth and see their lies. Chuck Schumer doubled down, though. He had more to say. Play it. Rupert Murdoch, who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it, has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he is perverted and slimed the truth and from letting him go on again and again and again. Not because their views deserve such opprobrium, but because our democracy depends on it. What are you hiding, Chuck? Why, why can't we look at it? Why can't we see it? Oh, it shows, it shows another perspective, right? It shows a whole other thing. Uh, and do we believe that all the events of January 6th were completely nonviolent, that it's one big setup. I believe that some of it was a setup. I believe that a lot of it was manipulated. I believe that uh, the doors being thrown open to certain people, and, and then, of course, you toss, um, you toss <laughs> concussion grenades into the middle of people and start tear gassing them, you're going to get some mob reaction. And you got that. There were some pretty high passions. You see the images that we're playing right now. Uh, literally none of that is okay. And again, we're on record for the last couple of years now saying that's not okay. But this was not an armed uprising. These were people who, by and large, in many cases, we've seen the images, stayed within the velvet ropes. Now, you know, breaking out windows, pushing through doors, not appropriate not the right decorum, not the way you should have approached this thing at all. Um, but, you know, I've been to a lot of things. I've, I've seen, I've been in a lot of big crowds. I've seen things within a big crowd that are not good, you know? I mean, listen, I go, I go to my buddy's place at Rednecks with Paychecks, you know? I mean, you got 10,000 of your closest friends out there. And a place like up in North Texas, you know, with the off, it's an off-wheel, off-road, you know, four-wheel deal. And you go up there and you hear some of the crazy stuff that happens at a, at a party, you know, over a weekend, like at Rednecks with Paychecks. I've always told people, I said, here's the deal. If you go to Rednecks with Paychecks, it's a party. It is a party. I, in fact, I don't, I don't go anymore because I'm always somewhere else. But it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't need the stuff you can find there. Um, and I love my guys. They're my, some of my best friends in the world that do that deal. And I was historically very involved with it. But... I always tell people, they say, ooh, why would somebody go to that? It's just nothing but debauchery. And I always say, you know, if you go to Rednecks with Paychecks, you can literally find whatever you're looking for. You can find what you're looking for. So if you're looking for girls flashing their boobs out of the top of a tall four-wheel drive truck or uh, you want to see, you know, a bunch of people getting drunk and throwing up on themselves and passing out in a porta potty you can find that. But you can also find that at pretty much any, you know, outdoor concert anywhere in the world. Uh, if you want to go sit on the porch and drink a beer, you know, because there's, there's a whole line of deals where they built this big porch out there. You go out there and sit and, and you just people watch and you never have to leave that porch. You can sit there and eat good food, you know, just chill and, and hang out with some good friends, peace and quiet. You can find that too. If you want to go get lost out in the woods somewhere and, and just chill completely by yourself, you could do that too. 
It's whatever you're looking for. So when I look at these images of January 6th, you can find whatever you're looking for. I can find peaceful protesters. I can find, you know, uh, obstinate, even violent protesters. I can find people who are pissed off. I can find people who are just kind of caught up in the crowd. You know, I know several people who were there, you know, whether it's Taylor Hansen, we've heard his story, or Paul Davis, uh, we've heard his story. So many other people, you know, and I've heard hundreds of these stories at this point in time from people who were there, and they said, this is what we saw. This is what we happened. We were completely fine. Everything was great. We didn't think there was any trouble, and then boom, here we go. There's concussion grenades being tossed in the middle of us. So you find whatever you're looking for. You can interpret the reality however you want to. But when you have a senator and the media and Karine Jean-Pierre who's going to say this is the worst attack since the Civil War um, or the worst thing to happen on American soil since the Civil War, uh, you're being gaslit, folks. You are being gaslit. So uh, I hope Tucker continues to do it. Uh, excellent hit this morning between Tucker, you know, Glenn Beck had him on his program. And uh, I listened to Tucker, and it's just like, I believe the guy. I don't believe he's got anything manipulative going on at all. I mean, when I think of, when I think of domestic terrorism, people like Tucker Carlson are not what pops into my head, right? So, anyway, uh, play that CBS News clip, number two on the list there. Democrats and some Republicans criticize Fox News' Tucker Carlson after the cable news personality used his primetime program to air selectively edited clips from more than 40,000 hours of security footage on January 6th that was granted by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Carlson falsely depicted it as mostly peaceful, calling rioters sightseers who were meek and revered the Capitol. But more than 300 of them have been charged with assaulting police officers, like Winston Pingjian offensive to me and my former fellow officers yeah i mean listen uh did things happen that shouldn't have happened yeah should people be held accountable yeah but but if i go on my twitter feed i'm going to be called an insurrectionist i'm going to be called an enemy of the state why because i host a, a conservative talk program on blaze tv because I, I lean conservative, because I have been an outspoken supporter of conservative movements uh, and, and, and things that matter to conservatives. I voted for Donald Trump twice. So I'm an insurrectionist now. I didn't attack a Capitol Police officer. I wasn't there. I wasn't nowhere near Washington, D.C. You know where I was? I was right here in this building on January 6th. We condemned it that day. So you tell me whenever... Everyone, the millions of people, you know, if you want to trust the numbers, the 76 million people that voted for Donald Trump in 2020, you're going to tell, tell me that every single one of those people are insurrectionists? You're going to try to see that's where we have the issue, because, again, they label you, put you in the box, categorize you and they put you over there and they'll pull you back out when they're ready to deal with you. Until then, they'll ignore you. Oh, he's just one of those insurrectionists. He's one of those ultra MAGA Republicans. Um. So this officer may find it offensive that it was called a mostly peaceful protest, but uh, it probably wasn't mostly peaceful for you if you were caught up in the middle of the melee. But we still need to know what the grand scheme, in the grand scheme of things, what happened. Because you've labeled half of America as insurrectionists. You have continually called us names and, and, and tried to make it in almost like a battered woman, man, almost like a battered spouse. Like, oh, how dare, don't you ever speak up? And they want to make sure 
They want to make sure that you and I never, ever protest again. Like if they could ever get away with that, forget the 540 protests that happened in the summer of love when they literally burned cities down. They don't, they don't care about that. They're not going to talk about that. Nobody's held accountable for BLM riots or, you know, the, the burning down of cities and businesses. Nobody's going to talk about the violence that's happening there. But they want to make sure that you, as a conservative, are never allowed. Now, this guy right here, you see him on the thing, refers to it as a mostly peaceful protest. The city's freaking burning down behind you, dude. They want to make sure you don't protest anything. And more importantly, they want to make sure that you and I never question the validity of an election ever again. Ever again. Because if you do that, you're an insurrectionist. You're trying to overturn democracy. You are a threat to democracy. You are a big problem. You're a big problem. And uh, if that doesn't, if that doesn't uh, raise your cockles a little bit and register in your brain as some Hitler-esque rhetoric from Nazi Germany, then you haven't studied your history. They want to make sure you never question it again. Ever, ever, ever. No, we're going to do elections the way we want to do them. Your eyes are deceiving you. Your ears are not hearing what you think they're hearing. Your perceptions are way off. You, you've been dulled down. And, and a guy like Tucker Carlson, oh, I, I feel for Tucker. I pray for Tucker because they're going to do everything they can to try to really make an example of him. How dare you actually expose something that would make the elitist political cabal and the mainstream media look guilty of anything? How dare you expose them? They see one little bit of light shining into their darkness and like cockroaches, it starts to scurry and they don't like that. It's uncomfortable because now they have to give an account. They have to testify. They should be forced to. Call their asses. Kevin McCarthy, you're not done. You released the tapes to to, to Tucker Carlson. That was your prerogative. You did it. Fine with me. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Show me the lie. And if they can't do it, and they can't, then I want you to call them to account. Put them on the carpet right there. Make them testify. Bring Adam Kinzinger in. Bring Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney is a lying piece of garbage. She's not a misinformed person. No, they literally hid information from you. They hid information from you. Can you imagine that you're being accused of something and the evidence is out there and you can't do anything about it because you can't access that information? That evidence is not, you're not allowed to see it. And, I, you know, now you get to a point where a guy like me, they said, you want to go to CPAC? No, I don't want to go to CPAC. I don't want to go to Washington, D.C. I don't want to go to Washington, D.C. They canceled my shows that were going to be uh, next week or weekend after next. They canceled my shows in Washington, D.C. because the woke bastards can't handle this. And, I mean, I was going to bring up some Chad's pads and everything. They canceled my shows in the Beltway right there at the D.C. Comedy Cellar, whatever it's called, Comedy Loft. I don't know. Don't matter. Um, and I'm okay with it. You know what? Because I don't want to go to D.C. I don't want to go to D.C. The most surveilled piece of real estate on the planet. There's eyes everywhere, man, watching you. And, uh, you know, you, I don't want to go see the sights. I don't want to go have my picture taken in front of a monument somewhere. Because you know what's going to happen? As soon as I post that picture on social media, look at him. He's planning another insurrection. So expose it all. Expose every damn bit of it. Hang tight. We'll be right back. 
All right, you wild and crazy kids. It's that time in the episode where I attempt to wax eloquent. Somebody's got to make up for selling Chad's pads. That was a bunch of nonsense. But uh, all right, here we go. I'm not done with this topic. I want you to imagine for a minute that you're about to go on trial for committing a crime. And let's say for the sake of argument that maybe you committed the crime, but nowhere near to the extent that the prosecutor's claiming. Not that wild of a notion. It happens. The kangaroo court can come for us all in the end after all. Now, in this decreasingly unlikely hypothetical, let us add to the mix that you know there are videos of the thing that you did. Tons of the videos. In fact, uh, these videos would, if not exonerate you, at the very least perhaps minimize whatever sentence was about to be passed down from the judge. Finally, let's, let's suppose that those videos were not only suppressed from the public conveniently during the period in which your trial took place, but that, in fact, they were not permitted as evidence. Nope, disallowed. And all of a sudden, your happy ass is looking at years in prison. A sentence which might well have been significantly less bad were it not for rank corruption in the justice system. Well, as I'm sure you've you know, heard by now, this has exactly been the case with, uh, with this QAnon shaman. And I want to suggest to you guys that if you partake of the mainstream media narrative in any meaningful way, you're about to be deluged with a heaping helping of cognitive dissonance. There's that word again, that phrase, cognitive dissonance. Because honestly, at this point, short of most of these journalistic re-rees having themselves a good old road to Damascus moment and admitting to the world that they've been wrong and or lied about so very, very many things, cognitive dissonance is the only choice that makes any sense. News stories, as I'm sure you understand, they come prepackaged with a certain amount of juice to them and the ability to squeeze that juice out as fast as possible while balancing the ability to make it last as long as possible. Well, that truly is the coin of the journalistic realm. Thus, when all of the January 6th stuff began, it naturally made sense that the leftist media's response would be to hyperbolize it to the moon and back. January 6th thus became the worst attack on American democracy since the Civil War. It became the killing fields, folks. It became wounded knee. It became little bighorn. All of those things wrapped up in one. And as highly visible figures often do, QAnon shaman, well, he just rose through the ranks to become the face of January 6th, standing resplendent in his buffalo headdress and his bare chest. And, and while if, if you are of the media ilk, you might imagine him rampaging at the front of the line, doing his best to commit at least one murder before the day was done. The truth is actually pretty benign. We've all seen the Tucker tapes. You've all seen them. We could play them over and over again. And at this point, we all realize that this dude... He was basically being led around the Capitol by the police the whole time and pretty clearly wasn't doing a whole hell of a lot else. Now, he did, like I said earlier, he threatened the vice president. That is a crime. I'm not saying he shouldn't be in jail. I'm saying that what you're about to see from the media is going to be a show. It's going to be a circus because they cannot back down on the idea that he represents the worst sort of villainous scum in the world. But they also have to square that with the fact that the American public now knows what really happened. So where do they turn? Well, I'll tell you. They turn to cognitive dissonance. They turn to the gaslighting. You see, if you've got the knack for it, It'll save you a lot of hassle with the truth. You don't have to worry about the truth. You pretend that this dude really is as bad as you initially thought, despite the preponderance of evidence entirely outweighing your arguments. And at the end of the day, your response to the notion that you aren't even trying to be a source of truth is to basically stick your tongue out and blow a raspberry. 
It's a real problem, folks. It is a real dangerous problem. And here's the most dangerous part. You have to realize that after a certain amount of time telling the world a lie, you begin to believe it yourself. And that's where we are with the media, my friends. You pay attention over the next week or so. Pay attention. And you see if I'm not right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's coming. It's a coming, folks. They're not done. They will bury you and me before they let the truth come out. Before they ever get to a point of saying, you know, that's why I'm praying. I was up at three o'clock in the morning just thinking about some of these things because I'm I have a boring life like that. And I was sitting there going, I wish someone would have one of those come to Jesus moments, an epiphany, like some senator from Ohio or something. I don't know. Just from somewhere, some guy from Rhode Island who just pop off and say, you know what? I can't lie anymore. Wouldn't that be classic? Well, I, I, I just got to tell you that this is what we've been talking about in the back rooms. This is what we've been told to carry out this, this narrative. Um, again, I, 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 let me be as clear as I know how to be. The shit that happened on January 6th should have never happened. Should have never happened. There were a lot of people at fault. Should have never happened. They should have never gone up to the Capitol. Should have never gotten up on the Capitol steps. I've been there. I know the lay of the land. I know how it works. I Listen, I was there a couple of weeks earlier at the Stop the Steal rally. Spoke on the stage. You know, I'm up there with, um, uh, you know, Mike Lindell and uh, Seb Gorka. And then I'm on stage. And it's my redneck ass, you know. And we're up there in front of the Supreme Court. They got the lines. They got the barriers. They got the fences up there. I remember having a conversation with some of the police that were there who were kind of, and people were completely fine with that. Wherever it got out of hand, it should have never gotten out of hand. But the idea that you got a guy who's sitting in jail, and a lot of people who are sitting in jail, like CBS News said, now 300 people have pled guilty to, um, you know, assaulting a police officer. Yeah, versus what? I mean, can you imagine the charges that were trumped up on them people to make them actually come to a place where they had to plea down? And take a deal where they just said, yeah, I assaulted a police officer. Like, how many things were stacked against them? When you got a guy like, uh, what's his name, Hansley, this QAnon shaman? It, it, something like that, Brian Hansley. I don't even know his name. I don't even know his name. Um, and, I mean, they, this is a perfect example of them putting the poster boy up. I mean, here's the wildest, most, you know, freakish dude, you know, from the Elks Lodge Order of the Buffaloes. I don't know. They put him up there. Here's a wild, charismatic character that everybody will remember this guy's image. And, you know, we're going to make examples out of this guy. And he wasn't privy. His lawyer couldn't say, hey, oh, by the way, judge, let me show you this tape. Let me show you this video evidence where he wasn't acting all violent. He was actually just being kind of guided through. Um, they were showing him where to go, kind of throwing the doors open for him. That's frustrating to me. That's, that tells us that the institutions in America are dead. They're dead. America needs a hard reboot. <laughs> you you got, you got to turn the computer off, unplug it from the wall, plug it back in, and turn it back on. I'm sorry. It, we, we are being run by a nation of thieves and liars who love power so much, who want power at any cost, they will bury you and me before the truth comes out. But don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, Joe Biden's going to have a stroke, and we'll be in World War III, and Kamala Harris will be leading us. You want to talk about that? That's scary. We're headed towards that. 
She had this to say about water. <laughs> so, you know, water policy can go in all these different... It, it flows in different directions. <laughs> oh, I have puns on water. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Is that sativa, you think? Like it gets her up? I mean, what's she smoking? That's what I, I mean, want. something Indica. good. She's got the good stuff for sure. She got a hybrid going. I mean, they just got to yeah. keep her cackling. I got puns on water. Yeah, whatever they're growing in the CIA is good stuff. <laughs> you think the CIA is funneling? <laughs> I mean, they funneled, they funneled heroin through Iraq. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, probably so, yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, that's uh, – and that laugh, that is, that is some Vincent Price thriller. Actions. <laughs> Oh, I. Can you imagine waking up to that in the middle of the night? Oh, terrifying. Oh, my God. It's a horror Brandon. movie. Uh, uh, I got puns for puns on water. I, water goes all different directions. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, Stu and his guys, they got that Veep thoughts. I hate them. I hate that we didn't come up with that. Uh, they're so good. And it's so simple, you know. Veep thoughts. Um, oh my gosh, I don't know, man. I we're we're um um that, play real quick. That you got that uh, officer talking about evacuating the senators. You got that clip, the third one down. Play that real quick if you've got it. If we have it, once protesters moved inside the building, Johnson's first concern was the safety of senators. His job was to protect them. In rising panic, he called over the radio for direction and assistance. Even now, two years later, he is baffled by the response he got. I was requesting permission to evacuate the Senate side, um, the Senate chambers, um, because I had a clear line of sight to get them out the Senate door, and I didn't get permission. Um, the dispatcher called a couple times to see if I can get permission. No response. With Yogananda Pittman and his other supervisors unresponsive, Johnson says he decided to begin the evacuation of senators himself. The person that I thought was going to authorize the evacuation didn't do it. I wanted to get those members of Congress out as quickly as I could. That's why I initiated, um, you know, those evacuations. Me being disciplined, um, it wasn't as important as not getting the members of Congress and their staff to safety. Well, I mean, does that other cop that, that was on the CBS thing? I mean, was, he said it was highly offensive. That is he offended by what this cop said? I mean, uh, not getting a response. What what was what was the goal here? Did they want to make? I see. I honestly think they were trying to make it look even more dangerous. They wanted to have protesters actually have. They would have creamed their pants. If they could have had an image, imagine if they could have the image of a protester coming face to face with a senator. If they'd have had that image, oh, it would be emblazoned. You could tattoo it on your mind. That's what they wanted. You can't convince me otherwise. I'm telling you, they wanted that. They wanted those people there as long as they could. And they wanted that face to face interaction. Hang tight. We'll be right back. interest you ladies and gentlemen in a chad's pad they did such a good job on that box um 
I mean, these are legitimate pads. Uh, I can't remember the name of them, but um, yeah, Cora, that's what they were. And so they came in and last minute they gave me a Chad's sticker to put on there. Um, my theory, though, you're right, Chris, we were saying it, and Chris mentioned it. He said, you know, the theory is not far off of just saying we want that face-to-face -face interaction. They wanted some kind of altercation. And if you remember, we played the clips. We talked about it a while back when it was revealed that Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who was an independent filmmaker, documentarian, whatever she is, was there doing a documentary. Uh, she was filming, and he's like, Nancy Pelosi saying, I wish she would come here. This is my moment. Talking about Donald Trump, I just I would punch him in the face, punch him in the face. You talk about a lack of self awareness of an eighty three year old woman with fake tits who's decrepit, who's going to sit there and talk about I'm going to punch him in the face. You think you sound tough, but you sound like a moron. But they wanted it. They had the film crews running, man. It was there, so uh, uh, it's okay though. Remember. Between puns about water and old Joe Biden. Joe Biden, man, he's a he's a civil rights leader if there ever was one, Joe Biden. Um, he grew up in a black church, black community. Uh, everybody in his neighborhood, their last name ended with a SKI. Uh, he was he 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 wanted to be Polish. Um, oh, and he and he was, you know, he was Jewish too. So uh more stories than Forrest Gump. But he's he's out here, man. He's showing a sign of solidarity, walking with a Reverend Al Sharpton. Uh play the clip. Oh boy, look at Joe. This I don't know who's worse, Joe or the old boy in the wheelchair there. Because both of them look like weekend at Bernie's. They do, Brandon. Brandon said that earlier. Like, this is total weekend at Bernie's. Um, I mean, the guy in the wheelchair, he's not even holding hands with old Al. Al's just kind of holding his arm and guiding him along. And Joe looks so decrepit. Um, they really have to rethink these ops, man. These these photo ops are terrible. You know, Joe's out there in his aviators like he's top gunning it, and he can barely walk. He can't even – I mean, we know he can't get upstairs, but he's going to go out and do a civil rights march. Then he's going to go out there and give a speech probably about corn pop and about how the kids like to rub his legs. Because the hair would turn, the hair would turn. They would get blonde in the sun, and the kids would they'd curly, and they would rub them down, watch pop back up again. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> Ooh, let's do the let's do the tranny fight. Let's let's totally switch gears. I forgot we had that clip. Totally forgot. This do we have time for it? Or should we save it till tomorrow? What what do you, I mean so this was Oklahoma. This was Oklahoma and there's two transgender people. They're being escorted out by a trooper. Uh one is a transgender. It's a dude. The big one the big one is a biological male trying to be a woman and the little one is a biological female trying to be a male and watch what ensues as they're being escorted out I want to go home Stop. 
<laughs> All right. So for two minutes, he screams help. That's that's the biological female who is trying to be a man. Uh, somewhere there's an altercation in there, and the, the trooper, he pulls the uh, biological female down on the floor, and I just want to go home. I just want to go home. Uh, well, you shouldn't have effed around. You should have, you know, again, left when they told you to leave. They're escorting you out. But what's amazing to me is the one that wants to be the man is screaming for help. Help! 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 Somebody help! Uh, not very masculine in the grand scheme of things. Probably was wearing a Chad's pad. Probably was wearing a Chad's pad. That's the help they were calling for, was they were desperately in need of Chad's pads. They def definitely needed... Yeah. Um, but no, that, so, so the big one was a biological male pretending to be a woman, right? That's the one who was screaming for help, so I got that backwards. But uh, probably was using the patented dick hole uh, on the Chad's pad. And uh, so maybe he was doing a good job as being a woman. Although most of the women I know wouldn't sit there and scream like a little bitch uh, like that. So What? We got a training with a gun? Oh, I forgot about that clip. Let's play it. Oh, we got bullets in there. Okay. Well, while you're flipping them bullets out of that rifle, I can flip a couple of Chad's pads at you. How about that? Equally as effective. Very powerful. Uh, so anyway, that was a... I, I get them confused. Was that a boy or a girl? A boy trying to be a girl and trying to show you how militant he was. Uh, had this AR-15, I'm assuming, and uh, showed you that the magazine was full. Um, we're going to need David Hogg to get on this case. The uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, uh, I wonder, I bet. <laughs> I got a joke. I got jokes. Uh, David Hogg is a dickhole. The, uh, and then going to, you know, going to pop a couple of rounds out just to show you that the thing is loaded and i guess show you that they know how to use it uh but that tweet got deleted yes. they, they took that down uh i say they because i never can't keep up with what they actually are um th but that person took that down yeah. to protect themselves from the whole thing so um i think we should put it back up i, so. I really think we should put it back up so, you know, y'all run a little edit, put the clip out there. You want to play? I mean, you're such a tough ass. You can't even, I mean, you, you're going to take it down? You, you pull your tweet down? Come on. I thought you were a badass. I thought you were a commando, man. Uh, anyway, and by the way, if you go commando, remember, chadpads.com. We'll be right back. guys uh we're gonna be in baton rouge louisiana tomorrow night at chelsea's live so get your tickets now i think it's almost sold out but i think you could still join us if you wanted to chad prather live.com has the information you need then we're going to be in nashville georgia right outside of tifton down in south georgia friday night and then we're up in tacoa georgia on saturday night and then making a long drive back home to be back with you again on monday so don't miss out don't miss out 
we're already being protested for our March 24th show. Hanks and McKinney, uh, the Satanists, have decided they don't want us there. So uh, it worked. I, I wish I could get a Satanist to protest me at every show because the ticket sales are phenomenal. Uh, so come out there and we'll worship the Lord together and, uh, and remind the Satanists that even Jesus loves them too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why Chris doesn't think we're out there worshiping the Lord. Of course we are. Making a joyful noise. Uh, ChadBraitherLive.com. And oh, uh, March 31st, Midland. That's going to be a big show with a lot of talent on that stage. Uh, not me, but the others. So uh, ChadBraitherLive.com. Don't forget. BlazeTV.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.